Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mike Springston FFC Podcast. We're so glad to have you with us today. We appreciate all those of you that have joined in with us from around the country uh, and sharing the teachings that we're producing. I hope they're blessing you, blessing your family, blessing your church, blessing your ministry, most of all, enriching your life as you come into the knowledge of the truth from the revelation of who Jesus Christ is. So, we are glad to have you. We want to always offer you the ability, the opportunity rather, to contact us at springston56 at gmail.com, mikespringstonministries.com, ffcma.org, or through Family Fellowship Chapel's Facebook post. Today we're going to look at the love of God. We're going to take a study through what the love of God is, how the love of God interacts with mankind, before we do that today, though, my mother, who just turned 99, is going to play for me, and we're going to sing the wonderful hymn, The Love of God. I hope you enjoy it. Sky to sky. 
it shall forevermore endure the saints and angels song a love of God how rich and pure how I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, my mother's a great pianist, and uh, I do the best I can with the vocals, but I hope you got the message of the word of the songs. Today we're going to begin a study called, What is the Love of God? I want to use as a text 1 John 4, 7 through 11. Look at it. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and every one that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God towards us. I want to reiterate that. In this was manifested the love of God towards us. Because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us. And sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sin. So, beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for the word of God. Open our eyes that we can see, our ears that we can hear, and our heart that we can understand what the word of truth is. Then let us apply it to our lives so that we can be changed into the image of your dear Son. Father, we ask that the Holy Spirit would hear Jesus speak and that he would relay the message from the throne room of God to your people today. May the message be spoken, be revealed, we will receive it, and we will release it to your people. I thank you for the message. I thank you for the word of God. I thank you for the life of love that you have opened to your people. I ask it all in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, our high priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. Amen and amen. The love of God is the reflection of his character. What it is consists of two main traits that are provided and produced to mankind. It's his holiness and it's his righteousness. These two traits make up how love is formed. He is a holy God. He is morally and spiritually right. He is a righteous God. He is the standard by which everything is measured and he is righteous all by himself. In his holiness and righteousness, his love is extended to mankind. That love was exposed in Jesus Christ when he completed the work that began with the cross. The purpose and the plan of his love was on display. So why has he expressed his love in Jesus Christ? Was it to show the value of mankind? Well, the text that we read said, He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God towards us because that God sent his only begotten son that through him we might live. 
Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that God loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation. So, was this done to show the value of mankind? The writer in the book of Hebrews 2.6 said, But one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? So why was God mindful of man? The answer to that is found in his holiness and his righteousness. We are the traits of his love. Man was made in the image of God. He was made to know God. Therefore, he was made to experience the traits of holiness and righteousness. These were to be given in the image and likeness and to be addressed in him through the nature of the love of God. The nature of love enjoyed the atmosphere of holiness and righteousness. This was seen as man walked in the Garden of Eden and conversed with God in the cool of the day. In the perfect union of love, they walked and talked concerning everything that they shared in common. What did they have in common internally? Holiness and righteousness. They both possessed the character of love. This love dictated their relationship. They were expected to meet, be on time. They were expected to converse. They were expected to complete tasks. They were expected to take and give instructions. And this was a mutual love. In that love, they shared the two major character traits, holiness and righteousness. As long as the structure remained intact, Love could rule the relationship because they could continue to operate in holiness and righteousness. But if and when a wedge was placed between them, their love relationship based upon holiness and righteousness would be severed. Well, this is what occurred in Genesis chapter 3. Now, the character of love and the traits of holiness and righteousness no longer can reside in man who was the creation of God. Sin had entered in and severed these traits. These traits are replaced with the traits of lust and pride. Now that's because the inner man that once was operating in love, in harmony, in mutual love with God, is now operating in the evil of sin. The original image of God has died and a new image of evil has taken center stage. The person and character of love has never changed. But the receptor of his love has changed. Love, which results in holiness and righteousness, still exists in the spiritual world, but in mankind, it is dead because of sin. So we ask the question, why did love offer a remedy for the issue of sin? Was it because of the value of man? Or was it because of the value of love? What was the value of love, you would ask? It was that God, the God of holiness and righteousness, who operated in the perfection of love and who had his creation subverted, and that subversion caused his creation to go into a fallen condition, was prepared to use his love to defeat the evil that caused the fall. How would he show the person, a person, the character of love? He would release the remedy that would eradicate evil, judge evil, and destroy evil in a once and for all action. 
The love of God, when viewed in this light, is much different than the message of love of which we are taught in our day. We see love through a natural lens. When we read Paul's writings on love, we see it through our natural understanding of love. It's as if God's love is based on feelings and emotions. The love of God is not based on feelings or emotions. It's based on holiness and righteousness. So let's take a quick walk through Paul's writings on love in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. He said, Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not charity or love, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. These words without holiness and righteousness send an uncertain sound. Why is that? Because that's what love really is. If I do not understand the genesis of love, then I can neither define it or use it appropriately. Verse 2, And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have faith, all faith, so that I can remove mountains and have not love, I am nothing. I can express and expose spiritual things, but if I'm not acquainted with holiness and righteousness, then I'm not operating in companionship with the image in which I was created. Now you would ask, how can a man operate in such depths of gift and not know and understand the love of God? The work of the Spirit is completed in a yielded vessel. One may surrender to the voice of Jesus Christ and be used of the Holy Spirit, but not understand the depths and the truths of the, the love of God. How could that be, you would ask? Well, the focus of development is gone to the gifts and not to the gift giver. Man can often live in the light of what he seeks without understanding that there is an even deeper understanding. He can live in the light of what he's taught without understanding there is a deeper understanding. He can live in the life of what he reads but not understand there is a deeper understanding. He can live in the life of what he has preached and not understand there is an even deeper understanding. So has love been misrepresented in our modern teaching? Well, if you consider the teaching that tells man that the love of God reflects God's value and worth of us, mankind, and not his values of holiness and righteousness, then, yes, man has walked under the false pretense of understanding love. So in the love economy, where holiness and righteousness are the foundation upon which love is built, Paul declares that in all of it, we're really nothing. In other words, gifts and displays are not the expression of love, however, holiness and righteousness are. Someone said yes, but 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that we have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and of course that's true. Excuse me, so what then does it mean? Does it mean that we are so valued that God thought so highly of us to give us the standard of righteousness and that is the way most of us would perceive Paul's statement in 2 Corinthians 5.21. In reality, we by the force of being in Christ Jesus are brought into his love. He is right and he is righteous all by himself. By the love of God 
and in his holiness and righteousness he gave his son. <coughs> Excuse me, the result was that love was exposed to mankind. The outcome of that exposure was that man, because of the traits of the character of love, was made to be something because of the act of a gift. Man is forced to be what he is, nor ever could be by the activity provided by God alone from a character of love that produced a standard of which God is alone. Love did that. Why, why would he do that? Not because of my value or the perceived value of man, but it's about how God responded to the seriousness of sin and the necessity to judge the man of sin and the intent to not only eradicate it, but bring to accountability the party, the man of sin, for the disobedience of which he started. Verse 3, And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, though I give my body to be burned, and have not love, it profiteth me nothing. Again we see, that unless love is understood, the works, helps, and supports, they don't profit anything. So in verse 3, we identify a central theme. I can be spiritual and not understand the love of God. I can be gifted and not understand the love of God. I can be a worker and a giver and not understand the love of God. So why is the understanding of the love of God so integral and so important? The love of God leads to a life where he is the object and focus of what we do. I want to say that again. The love of God leads to a life where he is the object and focus of what we do. He is the object of how we live. And this is integral, essential, concerning how we see him. Because it is the driving factor and force of how we live our life. If we live in understanding of his love, then we live to be obedient. We live to be holy. We live to be righteous. We live to follow his commands. We know who he is, the God of love. We live to keep him, him, in the position of extreme value. That means that we don't see ourselves in the position of extreme value because the love of God, would, his holiness and righteousness, his standard would not allow us to do that. He would be God, as we often say, all by himself. Now what does this do for us? It brings who we really are into focus. His love brings me into a position of obedience and a life where I lived bowed before him and his holiness and righteousness and attempting because of his holiness and righteousness to bow before him and be consumed 
by His holiness and His righteousness and therefore all of His holiness and righteousness impacting and influencing how I live my life. We stop seeing God as the one who first and foremost sits on the ready to attend to our every need. We stopped attempting to manipulate him by using what we have been told about our faith mechanism for the intent purpose of just getting things from him. We, in a sense, by this messaging, devalue what we have to offer to the relationship. We see him, we must see him as a person of love. We must see him high and lifted up. We must see him as the God who is holy and righteous. Therefore, we must come into that love by the expression of these traits through obedience in us. Now watch this. His love is not an inclusive love. As it is, as, as it by nature will not accept sin or evil. As a matter of fact, the entire plan of love was developed for the sole purpose of the eradication of sin and evil. It was not to value man by placing man at the core of why Jesus was sent to the cross. It was to value the God who is at the center and core of the universe. Therefore, not understanding love with all the effects of the spirit and the spiritual abilities, what does it profit you? To the individual, it profits you nothing. You may do a work, execute a spiritual gift, give support, but you profit nothing in the eternal economy of the love of God. Why? Because you have not seen him for who he is, nor have you completed the love relationship by understand the understanding of its purpose. The love of God is lived in holiness and righteousness. The purpose of the love of God is the understanding of him and understanding that he is the standard of righteousness all by himself. We have seen him in his expression of Jesus Christ. But if we vision love from any other perspective other than that love is holiness and love is righteousness and that he is the standard to which we, which we must worship and praise and live in obedience, unless we understand that we must become absent of our self-worth in the economy of God, then we have missed the excitement of finding his love. When we don't find his love, the outcome is no profit. Verse 4. Charity, love, suffereth long, and is kind. Charity envieth not. Love is not envying. Love is not vaunting itself, is not puffed up. Now, understanding what love is then, we can begin to see the world through the eyes of holiness and righteousness. Love is very patient. Love is not jealous. Love doesn't boast. Nor does love inflate itself. So how do these words describe the love of God as viewed from the traits of holiness and righteousness? 
He is the standard of these all by himself. In his holiness, he exhibits these traits as he has no reason, this is crucial, to seek anything higher than he already is. So he can be patient. He, he has no reason to be jealous. He has no reason to boast. He has no reason to inflate himself. He has nowhere to go. He is the highest of the high. Verse 5, do not behave, it does not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own, not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. I'm going to close with this verse. He doesn't act out of character. Now this is critical. That's an interesting description of love. He doesn't adjust his own holiness and righteousness to adopt the actions and behaviors of the unruly or those who reject his love. He does not seek more than to be who he is. His love is sufficient. His holiness and righteousness is the only standard needed. The love of God is not stirred by the contentious, by the devices or deeds of those who attempt to control its content. Love is the expression of holiness and righteousness. As such, man is viewed through this lens. If man pursues love from this perspective, then finding the love of God and living in it is absolutely attainable. If man pursues the love of God through any other means, those means do not serve to provoke God to change who he is. In his love, which is expressed in holiness and righteousness, evil has absolutely no place and no part. For this reason, those who feel that the love of God is so vast that one can live an evil and rebellious lifestyle, be disobedient and be accepted by God because of his vast reservoir of love, has been misinformed. The love of God cannot think evil. Why? Because it is holy and it is righteous. It cannot abide evil. Why? Because it is holy and it is righteous. That is expressed in the very standard of who he is. Someone would say, now this really means that he cannot see the evil that is in man because he loves them so much. As you can see, there's been a misplacement of the worth and value system of man in that statement. In that view, this entire in, uh, universe is about man. Of course, we know that this is not so. The universe is about God. To him, the sin that caught man in its grip was so serious that it required eradication. The result was that he sent his love to do so. However, man was the thing that his love was focused on. That love was on sin. That focus, rather. Let me reread that. Man was not the thing that his love was focused on. That focus was on sin and evil and the means to eliminate it. Man, because of the love of God, which is represented in holiness and righteousness, are the receiver of that eradication as we place our belief system in the works of Jesus Christ. So evil cannot express or expose itself in the economy of the love of God. Holiness and righteousness that is executed in us by obedience, by the belief system whereby 
we believe on the work of Jesus Christ, is the means of spending the economy of love. We simply spend that currency by believing on the work of Jesus Christ, coming into a love relationship where we have the object of our faith on the holiness and righteousness of the love of God. And we, as we will see, reciprocate the love of God by returning our love to Him by obedience in holiness and righteousness. Father, bless your word. Open the eyes of the hearer that they may understand the wisdom, revelation, and the knowledge of truth. For that we will give you praise in the lovely name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Well, that's part one of what is the love of God. You can contact me. We'd love to hear from you. I want you to dive into what the love of God is. Live your life in holiness and righteousness before him. He sent Jesus to eliminate the evil that holds you in his grasp, as we will see as we go through this study. May God bless you until we speak again.